we, and maybe especially women, do not necessarily know ourselves and our preferences. Spring cleaning, or decluttering your space is an opportunity to actually get to know you and what's important to you and what you love. So what is your taste? How is it reflected in your environment? How do you want it to be reflected in your environment? What are those things that bring you delight? What makes you happy just to look at it? How do you want yourself and who you are and your identity to be reflected in your home? What about your interests and your hobbies? Whatever is aesthetically pleasing to you. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their career and are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposely create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, by getting clarity on how we're creating the experiences of our lives, including how we're keeping ourselves stuck, by articulating what it is we want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. inspired attending a recent retreat from coach Louise Lewis to think about spring cleaning and not just spring cleaning in the way that you'd normally think about it, cleaning things up in your home, doing the baseboards or the ceiling fans, all the things that you don't do on a weekly basis, but spring cleaning in a bigger way. So our homes and our spaces, but also our minds and our calendars. And so over the next few episodes, and I may actually break this up with some interviews in between, but over the next few episodes, we're going to talk about what spring cleaning can look like in your home and in your mind, and then also on your calendar. And so I'm excited about this. And it came about because preparing for Louise's retreat, I knew I was going to be in my office space. And you can't see it because of the the limited screen size, right? But my office space is actually where I stage for the weekly travel that I do. So I tend to have a lot of just crap piled up in front of the bookcase and over here to my side. And it's all of the things that I take with me, the things that get unpacked quickly when I'm home on the weekend and they get repacked the following week and stuff I brought home from my trip, my international trips earlier this spring, it was just piled up and it was bugging me. And it was distracting me. And so knowing that I was going to participate in Louise's virtual retreat in this space, I wanted it to feel spacious and relaxing. And I know intrinsically that for me, clutter in a space is really distracting and actually feels the opposite of relaxing. So I took an opportunity to clean things out so I could really enjoy the space and the retreat. And I'm so glad that I did. Uh, But as we talked that day about spring, I thought, you know what? There's some stuff here that I want to share with you all. So let's get started and let's talk a little bit about what spring cleaning could look like. And this week, we are going to focus on your home and how you might want to think about your environment. Gretchen Rubin, who I've mentioned on the podcast before, has written a book called Outer Order, Inner Calm. And I love the title because it is predicated on the idea that when things are ordered around us, it allows us to have some inner stability, some inner calm. 
And this is true, right? Our nervous systems respond to clutter in the environment by being just a little bit more amped. And I know that a lot of you all are like me. You don't actually need to be a little bit more amped. So give it a little thought. What clutter exists in your space that you might wish to just simply clean out? And when I think about clutter, I think about things like, sure, the stuff I have stacked up from the trips that doesn't have a home yet, or again, the things I'm using routinely, so I keep them out. So those things create clutter. Think about too, what you like on your surfaces. So for me, I like blank countertops, blank like nightstands, a lot of space. I don't want things to be sitting and piled up on those surfaces. So my bathroom counter, my kitchen counter, to the extent possible, right? We don't have a large kitchen counter space. Side tables, all of those places, I like to have some white space. And you're gonna, you're gonna notice with me that I return to white space, both on my surfaces and on my walls and on my calendar. So think about those surfaces. Another area to think about is your walls. You know, husband and I in our previous home, I don't know how long we sat around with pictures like leaning up against the walls that we were going to hang and never did. So in contrast, maybe you have too much on your walls. Maybe that actually feels like clutter. Maybe you would like a little bit more white space on your walls. Or maybe there is some art or some pictures that you would really like hung that would help you to round out your space. Give each of those some thought. Something I want to say about this is that spring cleaning can create a sense of obligation. It can be just simply one more thing to do. And what I would urge you is to allow this to be an indulgent activity kind of for you. So if it doesn't resonate with you, don't do it. But if there are ways that you could create some sanctuary in your space by doing a little spring cleaning, by doing a little organizing, maybe that's something that you consider. Think also in terms of the spaces that you occupy. Many of you share your homes with other people. So perhaps you're not the only voice that gets to decide how those spaces are used. But what are those spaces that are only yours or where you do have the ability to really say what goes on in them in terms of decor? Think about the places where you work. This might be your office away from home. This could be your home office. This could be the corner that you've carved out to work in or even your dining room table. How can you create that space in a way that it facilitates the mood that you want to be in when you come to work? Going back to when I was a little girl, I have never been able to do homework in a messy space. So I remember in high school, I would have to come home and straighten up before I could do my homework. And the same was true in a dorm room, which was much harder given that I had somebody else in my dorm room, but I couldn't possibly study if that space was cluttered. So again, think about your offices. How do you want to create a space that allows you to focus? What would that even look like for you? Give that some thought. Also think about those spaces where you're resting. So this might be your bedroom. This might be your particular favorite corner on the couch. This might be outdoor space. This could be a chaise by a window where you often like to read. 
again, think about these spaces and what more you could do perhaps to clear out these spaces, to eliminate some of the visual clutter and to allow them to be spaces that you can savor in your environment. And then notice when you're in them, the feeling that those spaces bring to you. You know, sometimes we're just simply busy and we don't even notice the spaces that we're in. But when you intentionally create space for different activities in your life, then take an opportunity to truly be in them when you're there. Look around and notice what's there. Think also about your bedroom. What do you want in the room where you want to rest at night? And your bathroom. This may be, maybe you're a baths person. Maybe you enjoy relax, relaxing in a bath. What does it look like again to have that space to be a respite? Okay, so we've talked a little bit about your environment. The next thing we're going to turn to is the idea of storage and closets and all of the stuff that pantries, drawers, the things that are behind the scenes that can just get dumped in there. Something that I have noticed repeatedly as we've moved a couple of times and whatever, cleaned out clothes, that kind of thing, is that I basically wear the same clothes all the time. I have the same series of outfits that are my favorites. They're the things that I wear all the time. They're the ones I'm always going to gravitate towards if they're clean and available. So why not just simply put those things in front? We often think we need to have this variety, but then what we go to most often is a few specific staples. I wear a few specific outfits for work, basically. I have specific clothes that I like to wear for lounge wear around our house, and that's about it. They probably take up in total less than 25 to maybe 30% of all of my clothes, right? And yet I have to dig for them because I put them away in an orderly fashion with everything else. And so I would ask you what you do that with. What could you clear out space for just to allow you to see and enjoy the things in your closet and in your drawers that you love the most? So here's some other thoughts. Perhaps you're gearing up to clear out a closet, maybe gear up to clean out a storage unit. Create some rules or principles for yourself that will guide you in making decisions about things you might want to clear out. We all heard about Marie Kondo several years ago and items that spark joy, picking up this shirt or the sweater or this, this love seat, right? And saying, does this spark joy? And only keeping those things that spark joy. Maybe that resonates for you. Something that resonates for me is a series of questions about the item. So something like, does this serve me? Is this something I need anymore? Do I like it? Do I want it? Does it fit, especially in terms of clothing? And those questions can be adjusted depending on whether or not you're cleaning out your clothes or you're cleaning out your kitchen cabinets or you're cleaning out a storage unit. But think about what you want the guiding rules to be and it will allow you to clear through the clutter faster. And now all of us have those boxes of mementos and sentimental items for me, I can't even begin to think about going through those. It just seems too overwhelming. And you know what? It's fine to set those aside and decide you're going to do those last. And maybe, probably, you have a separate set of rules or guidelines or principles for those to allow you to make decisions about the things that you want to keep. Some things that I would offer you in that regard are with those mementos and sentimental items, which ones might you like to simply take a picture of 
so that you can retain that picture with digital pictures. We can hold on to them forever with really no clutter around. So what might you want to have a picture of instead of keeping the actual object? What items bring you joy and delight? And is there a way that you can cycle them through your space so you actually get to see them rather than having them be in storage somewhere? And what are those items that are meaningful to you and that are important, but that actually might create some negative feelings, some sadness? Maybe you don't want to have those things in your physical space, especially not on a routine basis. And it's okay to say, I can have these things around, but they do make me sad. They do make me miss this person. And so perhaps I'm going to choose not to have this in my space on a regular basis. Again, those are all decisions that you want to make for yourself as you're cleaning out a space. Something else that I would consider, especially as you're thinking about storage and closets and all those kinds of things, is the extent to which all of that stuff decreases your flexibility. Decreases your ability to live in a smaller space if you want to, or requires you to have storage units if you're going to do so. Limits your ability to move and be flexible. You know, do you really want to drag around all of the things that you're currently dragging around in your space? Or are they in some ways decreasing your flexibility? And it really depends on what your values for your life are, right? So if it's not actually important to you that you be flexible, then it's perfectly fine to accumulate those things, right? If you're in a home that you know is your forever home that you plan to be in for the next 30 or 40 years, who cares? You can accumulate to your heart's content. But if you know that you want you and your family to be flexible and nimble and to be able to go different places and have different experiences, maybe you make some decisions about living with a little bit less in order to gain that flexibility. Again, all questions that would be driven by your values. Something else that I have discovered through doing this coaching work is the extent to which we, and maybe especially women, do not necessarily know ourselves and our preferences. Spring cleaning, decluttering your space, is an opportunity to actually get to know you and what's important to you and what you love. So what is your taste? How is it reflected in your environment? How do you want it to be reflected in your environment? And again, you may live with other people. This may be constrained to a particular room, to a particular wall, to your nightstand. But how do you want that space to be reflective of who you are? I have a painting in my bathroom that actually matches nothing in my bathroom, but I love it. And its meaning is specific and important to me. And so I have it there hanging in that space. What are the colors that make you feel good? What are the colors that you want in your home? I noticed when we, and this would have been, I guess, two homes ago, we had dark, rich jewel tones in our home. And I loved it when I had chosen them and we had a like red brick kitchen and an eggplant colored wall. And then the next time that we lived in a space, our next home, I picked things like seafoam green. So I had loved those rich colors, but they were heavy in a way and kind of dark. And so when I moved into that next space, I was thinking about light and what felt 
light? What felt fresh? Because that's what I wanted for our home at that time. So what colors help you to feel the way that you want to feel in your home? And maybe we're not talking about paint on the wall. Maybe we're talking about a rug. Maybe we're talking about a little bit of artwork. Maybe we're talking about a tchotchke that sits on your nightstand. But again, what are those things that bring you delight? What are those things that bring you delight? What makes you happy just to look at it? And again, these might be things, this might be artwork, it might be a view. How do you want yourself and who you are and your identity to be reflected in your home? What about your interests and your hobbies? Whatever is aesthetically pleasing to you. Our identities feel fixed to us, but in many ways they flex over time. And so you may have selected some items, some art, some, you know, cutesy little things that were reflective of who you are a couple years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. They might not be reflective of who you believe you are today. How might you choose to inexpensively refresh those items? This is another argument perhaps for living with a little bit less. When we accumulate and accumulate, sometimes we end up with things that we feel like we need to hold on to because of their value, because we paid for them, because we bought them, but they no longer reflect who we are. And you know what? It's okay to let those things go. They served a purpose for a time. That is something I got from Marie Kondo from reading her books a couple of years ago before we were about to make this big move to Atlanta. What are the things in your space that you have picked? Why did you pick them? Why are they important to you? What other things might you pick for your space? Or what might you select to let go of? And here's an overall question. What atmosphere do you want to create in your spaces? So, so this is going to be different likely, right? Between your office space where you may want to focus the quality of the light is going to be important. If you're doing any video work, of course, the light in the room and the additional lights that you have in the room for that are going to be important. A level of professionalism, perhaps a backdrop. If you're doing something like this, all of that is going to be important. How does that differ from a space where you want to rest and relax? So our living room, we have a, I think it's called a triptych. It's one of those paintings with three separate sections of green succulents on one wall that I find very calming. It's like spa-like in my mind. And then we have a gray couch, gray, super trendy, but I have brightly colored blankets and throw pillows all over the couch. And you know what? I just love it. We also have some green plants in there. And I've talked elsewhere on the podcast. I think about my idea of having plants in the home that I dare to live doing much better. I'll tell you, I think all of our plants, maybe one's not, but most of the plants are flourishing right now, but having that life, that green in that space. Oh, it's also wonderful. And think about the light that you're letting in. So I've been in homes and I understand this. We live in the South. It's hot. The sun comes beating in through the windows. And for sure we end up running the air conditioner more. But think about how that light makes you feel and think about how it feels when you keep the blinds closed all day and drawn so that you're saving money on the air conditioner. And now there might be practical issues, but many of us feel some measure, especially this time of year, 
of what could be seasonal affective disorder. And if not, it's just simply a reaction to the fact that there's so much rain and the days are so dark. So when you do have those opportunities to get out into the sun physically, of course, but also to bring it into your home, consider the cost too of giving that up when you draw the blinds. What amount of light is really good and feels good for you in your home? So something that I hope has been apparent in this episode that I've been thinking a lot about over the, perhaps the last weekend, perhaps the last several days is really getting to know ourselves and getting to trust ourselves. Because I think somewhere along the way, we've stopped thinking it's important to know ourselves and our tastes. It seems trivial. And we've stopped believing that we can trust ourselves and our taste, and our judgment. We look for somebody else to validate it and affirm it. Taking this time and this opportunity to really cultivate a space that delights you, that is reflective of you and who you are today, is one way that you can cultivate, in small ways, more knowledge of yourself, of who you are, and Trust in yourself that you have good judgment. You have good taste. You know what you like and what's important to you. And you can actually give what you like and want airtime in a home and in a space that is shared with other people. And that doesn't have to be selfish. Everyone can have their own spaces to cultivate. Think about how you might want to share this opportunity to think about what you like and what you love with a child. How does he or she? want to create his or her space? What decisions could you allow them to make at age appropriate times for their own rooms and spaces? Do you remember setting up your room when you were a child or when you got to buy a new comforter, how much fun it was knowing that you would have that for several years and you're thinking about what do I want my room to look like? Bring that into the present, both for you as an adult, but also as an opportunity to the children that are around you. Okay, so we're going to take this time. We're going to spend some time cultivating and curating our spaces and create some spaces of sanctuary for us in our workplace, in our home office, and in our homes generally. So I would love to know what you try. So please respond to my posts on Facebook or Instagram or DM me and let me know what you do. Let me know what you love in your space. And again, If this feels like an obligation to you and of no interest, just set it aside. Don't try it. There is no reason to add something to your to-do list that doesn't make you feel good. So again, in the coming weeks, we're going to spend some time talking about how you might apply spring cleaning to your mind. With all the thoughts that are going on in there, how might you clean those out a bit? And then how could you apply spring cleaning to your calendar, to how you spend your time, to actually the time that is your life. So we'll return to both of those again in future episodes. Thank you for sticking with me through this episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I hope you plan to join me back here next week for our next episode. You can catch us over on YouTube for video or on your favorite podcast player if the audio does you just fine. If you are liking the podcast, I would love it if you'd pick a specific episode and share it with a friend something that they might enjoy or might really speak to them where they are. 
And if you're really enjoying the show, it would mean everything if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others to find the show. And actually, if you have trouble leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, reach out to me about that too. I would be happy to help. I know it's a little bit tricky. Thank you so much. It has been great to chat with you this week and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye.